Mike Rags and Todd Burlidge with a Blue Gold Report podcast. Fighting Irish sports from the inside out. Subscribe to the Blue Gold Report. It's not just talk, it's the Blue Gold Report. Just he knows that he, he can be better. And it's, he's, we're not going to beat him with a shoe. I mean, it's one game. Um, he needs to be better. He knows that. And he will be better. Brian Kelly talking about the performance of his quarterback, Ian Book, as we get things started on the Blue Gold Report podcast. I'm Mike Rags. We are going to have Todd Burlidge here in a second. want to tell you the Blue Gold Report brought to you by D.O. McComb and Son Funeral Homes. And we find us wherever you download podcasts. You can find us uh, Spotify, Apple, whatever you do. We, You know where we are. And if you're listening on uh, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM, welcome Fort Wayne. Yeah, it was an unaspiring beginning to the season, and it was a little scary there towards the end of the first half. But Notre Dame does get their win, and uh, they beat Louisville in front of the record crowd at Cardinal Stadium ever, 58-plus, 58,000-plus there. So they did get a road win, which always looks good. Um, and uh, it, early on, and we'll bring Todd Burlidge in here now, early on, it looked like uh, Louisville was quick, and uh, Notre Dame was kind of uh, shell-shocked a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, to- but to uh, say the least. But Todd, they did get the. We got a lot to talk about. You know, tough injury. We're going to have to discuss and what it means for their backfield. Uh, and, and just we'll look ahead as well. Although it's a bye week, uh, we'll look ahead at what's going on for the rest of the road. Now, but Todd, I mean, did, was it? I almost texted you and said, uh, are, "Do they realize that they're playing a game here?" <laughs> Yeah, especially at the beginning. You know, first drive for Notre Dame, he thought, oh boy, this is a championship yeah, caliber okay. team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the next thing you know, Louisville gets 14 unanswered and really puts Notre Dame back on its heels. You know, final score, 35-17, 18-point win. The point spread was actually 19, so as much doom and gloom has been around this program, it went as about as the folks in Vegas expected. And then Notre Dame, after trailing 14-7, to outscored Louisville 28-3. to didn't really seem like it rags, but yeah, the play of Ian Book has been all the talk. Uh, with all the preseason hype about, okay, we're gonna, he's gonna go downfield more, he's gonna play with more confidence. He did neither. You know, he looked, he, he was reluctant to throw the ball, so he took off a bunch and really didn't even take a shot downfield. Yeah, uh, a, a little disappointing, a lot disappointing. But you know what? Here, here we go. It's just the beginning, and uh, we'll see. But uh, already, I've heard the trend talk of here's another quarterback that's regressing. And but, but it's early. Let's not go crazy yet. Uh, and they got to win. And we'll talk a little bit more about Ian Book and 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 what the second year might bring after all. But Todd, we've got to get to these blue gold nuggets because you're going to kick things off with the biggest news that came down the pike here with Notre Dame football, and that's the big injury. What do you got for us? Yeah, Jafar Armstrong starting tailback, um, sort of a groin injury. They're a little bit vague on exactly what it was. But what we do know is he's going to be out for anywhere from five to eight weeks. So this is another big hit to the offense, who's already lost wide receiver Michael Young and tight end Cole Komet. Another big hit here. Uh, Pete Sampson of the Atlantic was the first to report that news. Um, and then Brian Kelly kind of confirmed it on his uh, press conference on Tuesday. Um, again, they have, they have a little bit of a stable. Tony Jones Jr. did a nice job in relief of Armstrong. And then Jameer Smith, the sophomore, had a couple touchdown runs. But certainly Jafar Armstrong's loss, his versatility really comes into play here because he can catch the, catch the ball, run the ball, do it all. So another big loss on offense for Notre Dame. Uh, Bob Davey. Actually, it sounds like he had some sort of heart attack during his game. He's obviously a former Notre Dame coach and now the coach of New Mexico 
Um, he was grabbing his chest during the game and actually had to be rushed to the hospital right after that win. Um, I can't remember who they were playing. I wrote it down here. I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, but anyhow, he coached at Notre Dame for five seasons here. The point of this is he will not be making the trip next week when Notre Dame hosts New Mexico. The coach will not be with him. So we wish him well. He is back with the team rags and doing some things around the, around the program, uh, but certainly didn't feel like he was up to the travel. Um, let's see here. Notre Dame is in per ESPN, and they are given a 28% chance of making the playoffs and a 3% chance of winning the entire title. Um, let's see. That puts them one, two, three, four, five. That puts them seventh on the list. Needless to say, Clemson is number one. Eighty-four percent chance of making the playoffs wow. and a thirty, thirty-one percent or thirty-seven percent chance of taking the title. Alabama at seventy-one percent of making the playoffs and twenty-seven percent uh, to win the title. Other uh, uh, schools ahead of Notre Dame: Michigan at forty-one percent, Georgia at forty percent. A couple opponents of Notre Dame: sure. LSU thirty-three and Oklahoma, and then Notre Dame comes. And then finally, one other injury of note um, that I didn't think we could pass up on. Uh, the young lady, by, obviously we talked about Ian Book not throwing downfield. He did throw one <laughs> particular ball downfield, about 60 yards downfield, and it hit a young lady by the name of Elizabeth Scott right in the nose and broke her nose, poor girl. Uh, she's taken it well on Twitter. Now you can find her at Elizabeth SC and then a zero uh, TT Scott spelled with the numeral zero um but she kept her sense of humor she said oh my word my broken nose is trending on twitter wow how about that picked up a lot of followers and gentlemen out there i'll tell you what it is worth a google (laughs) i'll leave it at that elizabeth scott she's a ladybird dancer for louisville and uh, she's easy on the eyes, and those are your blue gold nuggets. Yeah, and uh, she has to go see a specialist, as a matter of fact, to get that work done on her nose. And uh, I'm sure she'll be as beautiful as ever. And I hate those percentages, by the way. The uh, a playoff. Yeah. I mean, but it goes to show you how much drama is there really in college football <laughs> right now. And uh, I do have some uh, bonus. You know, I always like to look at the pros. It's not been a good week for uh, Notre Dame pros. Of course, this week Golden Tate won't play. He won't play for four weeks. Uh, Equinine. St. Brown, he is done for the year on IR. Deshaun Kaiser got caught, but then got picked up by the Raiders. I don't know if he's going to see any time there, uh, Todd. Uh, at all, right. he's going to be he's going to be the backup to Derek Carr um, and Josh Adams, who you know had spurts and moments with the Eagles last year. Uh, it hadn't cut, and he is out there. He's if somebody wants to claim him off waivers. Uh, so you know some bad news. He, you know Theo Riddick's still out there performing, but uh, a punch to the gut if you're a Notre Dame fan rooting for NFL players. Yeah, we were excited about Kaiser going to Green Bay because he was going to be with Equinemius St. Brown, and that didn't work out. And and again, like you mentioned, he's with the Raiders now, and I think he's kind of in a dogfight for even that number three spot. Now, since they signed him and brought him in, it certainly sounds like he'll be on the roster. Um, but I don't think he's a shoe in to just be the backup at this point either, for that matter. No, it's uh, not. And they got bigger fish to fry with their wide right. receiver that they need to figure out what the hell's going on there <laughs> uh, with the Raiders. But all right, let's uh, let's get back to the, the game. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, this past game. Since it is a bye week, we could focus a little bit more on what Ian Book did or did not do. I didn't think it was as disastrous as some people made it seem. But, they, you know, you get a road win. 
you get a road win. I, I know the offensive line did their job. The running backs did their job. And there was a couple of nice runs by Ian Book. But other than that, the, hey, let's throw the ball downfield and see what we can do and open up this offense never materialized, Todd. You, you know, the stat line really isn't that bad, Rags, if you just pulled out a box score and looked at it, you'd say, okay, well, that's an adequate game. 14 of 23 passing, 193 yards, one touchdown, no picks. So, again, if you just picked up the box score, say, well, Ian Book played pretty well. But if you actually watched it, the aesthetics were so bad, yeah. you know, in, in, that, in the throws that he missed. And even, in, even many of his completions weren't very good throws. And I think what jumped out at everybody is sort of his panic in the pocket. He bailed out so quickly. You mentioned his running. Indeed, he had a career-high 81 yards on 14 carries. But most of that was under duress. A sure. lot of it caused by himself. You know, the 81-yard shirt's a career-high. But Brian Kelly even said he'd like to see him stand in there more. And I think that was one of the gripes is we didn't we, we expected a poised version of Ian Book in Game 1 coming off of last year. And really, that's not what we saw now. Now, it is a hostile territory. I mean, 58,000 raging Cardinal fans there. I'm not sure. Although it's relatively close, I'm not sure how many Notre Dame fans made it down there. So I give them that. It's the first game of the season. I'm trying to play devil's advocate and not jump off the deep end. But there are Notre Dame fans uh, scratching their heads out there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and you make a good point. And keep in mind, it's a first-time coach, too, a new coach in a season opener. You put either one of those independent of each other, and it's difficult to prepare for a game. You put them both together, and it becomes very difficult. And Louisville is certainly loaded for bear under this new head coach. Brian Kelly said, you know what? Ian Book wasn't sharp. We expect him to do better. We're sure he will. And here's what he had to say about uh, Book's performance. There were some uncharacteristic kind of flushing from a pocket that, you know, we hadn't seen from him. A lot of it had to do with seeing a defense for the first time. They ran a lot more cover two than he was used to. They were in a stand-up defense trying to get it from the sideline. We were playing fast. They weren't set. I'm not trying to sit here and make excuses for him, but it wasn't it wasn't a first game uh where it was cookie-cutter for him. So there was a little rust there. He'll be better for it in game two. I just think he was getting out of things a little quick because there was some uncertainty and, and maybe um, thinking a little bit too much. He's just got to trust it, and, and that'll come. And I'll say this, too. He lost a slot receiver during the course of the sure. week, and sure. uh, and his timing with Fink was off. You can tell, especially that one third down play early in the first half. It, they, you know, uh, He was wide open, could have got the first down, and, and he totally missed him. So, yeah. you know, there, there is extenuating circumstances here, and, and losing a slot receiver leading up to game day is not a- any fun, Todd. No, and you may, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that's an important point. Now, certainly Lawrence Keyes did a decent job, he an did. adequate job in the slot, but you move Fink outside, and we talked about it last week, Rags. I find Chris Fink to be the ideal and perfect slot receiver. I don't necessarily feel that way with him out there on the boundary. I just don't, and it showed one catch for two yards. That was it, um, and I think that's going to be an ongoing problem. I hope not. Uh, but you make a good point. That may have thrown the rhythm of Book's passing game off quite a bit. It certainly appeared to. Um, when Book was kind of asked about his his feelings about it, you know, he brushed it off a little bit. And I have a clip that we can pop in from him sort of evaluating himself, Rags. But you mentioned it at the top of the show. Could this indeed be the beginning of a second-year jinx again? You know, it happened to Everett Golson, 2012 National Championship. Keep uh, going. Sat out 13. Sat out 13. There's more. <laughs> 
And then 14 stunk. He was a turnover machine. Zaire, obviously his was injury, sort of a MVP of the Music City Bowl. Beats Texas, gets injured. He's never heard from again because here comes Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, 10 wins in 2015, an unbelievable season. 4-8 and eight in 2016, and then he's out the door. And even Brandon Wimbush, 10-3 and three in 2017, comes back last year and is benched after three games. So we hope that this trend doesn't continue. Ian Book doesn't think it will, and Ian Book said he's going to learn from this experience, uh, but he's not going to fret over it. It just felt a little rusty, but uh, got a lot to learn from it. Going to move on. I'm excited to go back, watch the film, and, and move on from it. But in terms of uh, a lot of guys in the, on the team that I saw, you know, make plays, you know, throughout the spring, throughout the summer, show tonight. So that that's really good for our offense. Really exciting to see this whole entire year. We want to be road warriors, and this was the first one. So it feels good to you know walk away from this one and zero. We got a lot of other hard road games, and I think this was just like you know the first step and. You know, get the guys prepared as well. Under BK's watch, uh, Todd, the best progression you've seen out of a quarterback is Tommy Reese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, and that's only because he started, you know, so low and then he, he actually performed really well in mop up roles and, and winning some big games in that first undefeated season with Brian Kelly. Yeah, couldn't because of the uh, digression of the other quarterbacks, they couldn't keep Tommy Reese out of the lineup. <laughs> so That's true, it is there has very been true. very few uh, Reese and Brady Quinn. You can go back a long way, and, and Evan Sharpley. Those are the only three guys to even finish a four-year career at Notre Dame in a long, long time. Again, Sharpley, Brady Quinn, uh, and, and Tommy Reese. So uh, this, first of all, they they digress. And then they transfer. So hopefully that's not the case with Ian Book. And I don't think it will be. Certainly just a learning experience. You can only go up from here. And again, it's still a 35-17. It's an 18-point win. Didn't look the prettiest, but it is a road win against a Power 5 team in the ACC. Now at home uh, against New Mexico, against a team that doesn't have their head coach there, and this occurs again, we might have to have this more serious conversation about what's going on with Ian Book. And you're right, we did talk last week about the trench war, and after that first drive, you're like, I thought this is going to be, we'll mop them up. I mean, one of their strengths, or if not their best strength, is their defensive line, but Louisville seemed to be able to do whatever they wanted, and once again, those scrambling quarterbacks seem to give Notre Dame a problem, Todd. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. And, and certainly Notre Dame did a pretty good job with 232 rushing yards. Um, but Louisville outrushed them with 249. So if you kind of kind of evaluate the trenches, and you need to because Brian Kelly said leading up to this game that indeed that's where Notre Dame's going to, the season's going to be made or break or broken um, is in the trenches. Um, I think the offensive line did a good job in the running game. I don't think they did a very good job in the passing game. Gave up a couple sacks and certainly a lot of pressure on Ian Book as he had to bail out a number of times. Some of it on his own, but some of it were line breakdowns as well. Uh, we mentioned Tony Jones Jr., 110 yards rushing on 15 attempts and a TD. It was his second career 100-yard game. Got to keep him injury free, and he's had a propensity to become injured. Especially so, now, uh, I mean, exactly. now more than ever. Yeah, yeah. Sophomore Jameer Smith had twenty, added twenty four yards on eight carries, a couple of touchdowns there. So that was some good news here. I, I mentioned the sacks. Notre Dame had four. Uh, if you want to talk about the defensive line, I thought they were okay. I didn't think they were fabulous. Uh, they did have three of Notre Dame's four sacks, so that was pretty good. But again, when you're giving up that kind of yardage to a team that was really inept offensively last year. It makes you wonders in a little bit. That the linebacker play for Notre Dame has had its moments. Um, a little bit inconsistent, though. 
Uh, when, if there's one thing I took away on the defensive side of the football, that is that Alohi Gilman is an absolute stud. No doubt. Um, ten total tackles led the team. I love that fumble, that strip fumble where he just took it away Great from the play. dude. Great play. Uh, th- that was pretty good. Um, you know, we were curious because it, it was kind of a mixed bag, Rags. You know, when you look at that game, there were a lot of positives to take away. We're going to look at some of the contributions of the young guys uh, here up the line a little bit. There were some, there was some good, but there was some bad, and it was kind of glaring on both sides. You know, there was some really fantastic work by some players, uh, but there was some sketchy work by other guys too. So Brian Kelly was kind of asked, you know, just sort of evaluate. What did you see, Brian? We're aligning ourselves toward the kind of things that I want to see. We're we're not there yet. We're aligning ourselves in the right direction. Um, you know, w- we don't look like. The, the finished product by any means, but we did some things tonight that align us in, in the, the kind of direction I want to go because we had some young players step up today that, that were really important for us and some areas that, that were um, uncertain that, that played uh, pretty solid football for us. So some of those questions that we had um, kind of came through and then uh, – the football team is is uh, in good physical condition, good shape. Uh, they came through camp and their preparation in good form, and they're ready to take on uh, the rigors of a long season. Going to need the youth, too. Getting back to Ian Book real quick here, Todd. Sure. We, we talked about a lot about in the uh, preseason and camp about how they're kind of forcing him to, you know, throw the ball downfield. I wonder, with uh, Jafar Armstrong getting hurt and, and Tony Jones Jr. propensity to get hurt, I wonder if that forces them to run a different type offense where, you know, they're throwing the ball downfield even more now. We'll have to wait and see, but again, until Chris Fink can prove himself as a viable outside receiver, I think that's going to be a a, a tough call. And you're missing another big play target in Cole Komet. Now, Tommy Trimble did an excellent job as a fill-in tight end. Again, he's part of the youth uh, segment that we'll do. Um, I guess my point is I'm worried about the workload for TJ Jr. I think that, you know, you talked about him getting hurt. If he's getting those carries, I don't know if that's going to work out too well. Yeah, well, obviously we'll have to wait and see. I know that Brian Kelly wants to stick to his guns and be a run-first team. Again, he got the 232 yards against Louisville. Probably should have had more than that. This is a team that ranked over only 101st last year at stopping the run. So it was solid. It wasn't spectacular. Um, but certainly I think Brian Kelly would sign up for 232 yards on an average per game. That goes without saying. But you're right. I mean, is Tony Jones Jr. going to be able to handle this workload? You know, Sebo Flemister, he's he's down there as well. They they do have a fairly deep stable receivers, um, so that that they can plug in and do some things with, but certainly the bulk of the work is gonna fall on Tony Jones Jr. And Jameer Smith has that broken hand. He's a gifted receiver, but he has a cast on his hand, so how much can you really do with him there? What was interesting is Jafar Armstrong actually was lining up in the slot rags. He wasn't necessarily even the, right. the running back right. uh, when he was injured. So Brian Kelly's talked a lot about moving these players around, and he may have to. He may have to get a little bit creative here uh, with Jafar Armstrong out kind of indefinitely. Well, and a lot of inexperienced players. And, you know, we'll talk about the veterans that didn't perform, but the youth – you know, it was encouraging, Todd. It wasn't like, uh, you know, there wasn't light at the end of the tunnel here. I, I think if this was Georgia, they would have got crushed. 
And yeah. the, uh, and well, they might anyway. But <laughs> the, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that if you're going to get your jitters out and you're going to get and see if this youth can play. That was the game to do it. Yeah, fair enough. And I think you can go down a number of teams on the schedule now. And if Notre Dame plays like it did on Monday, Labor Day, Sayonara. Um, it, it, yeah, it's it's not going to go well. I never. You know, I, I felt like Notre Dame took control. I, I did appreciate the adjustments they made. Uh, like I said, they outscored Louisville twenty-eight to three after going down fourteen to seven. But still, that sketchy start—you just can't have those periods against the great teams. Some guys got their feet wet, and I thought they did a great job. We've talked at length about Kyle Hamilton. Well, he showed that perhaps his hype is, is well warranted. He really had a nice game. Uh, the freshman safety, five-star safety, um, four total tackles. Stuck his nose everywhere. He had a couple pass breakups to go along with it. Just covered a lot of ground. The kid just has a nose for the football. Um, I mentioned Tommy Trumbull. Um, he's what a terrific athlete. Uh, he's a big kid. What is he here? I wrote it down. I thought. I guess I don't have it. But he's like two hundred and forty pounds, two hundred thirty-five pounds, six three, two thirty-five. Boy, he doesn't look it. He looks like a wide receiver out there. Three receptions, forty-nine yards, a twenty-six yard TD. So he's somebody that can help fill the void of Cole Komet. We talked about Lawrence Keys a little bit. He was solid. Uh, Book didn't get him the ball in very good spots, I can tell you that. But he did have a couple catches for 15 yards. Looked comfortable playing that slot position. Uh, Jameer Smith, again, two touchdowns. Uh, to st- one to start the game, one to end the game for Notre Dame. And Drew White, he struggled a little bit early at linebacker. This was his first really extended action. But he finished with five total tackles. Uh, had a couple tackles for loss, a sack, and a pass breakup. So he was a little bit all over the place. And on Rover, we knew this kid was going to be good. Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa, he had nine total tackles, a couple tackles for loss, so he did a nice job as well. So that's kind of your list of, of younger guys, guys that hadn't seen a lot of playing time. Meanwhile, I'll go to the defensive line here, the veteran guys mm. who took all the hype in the preseason. Uh, Khalid Kareem had four total tackles. Julian O'Quara only had two total tackles. Uh, Kurt Heinisch won, and Dalen Hayes won. So these four guys that we've done nothing but talk about, write about, rave about, combined for eight total tackles. Um, so Alohi Gilman had more of that in that four-pack combined. So Brian Kelly, again, we, we wanted to know about the youth, and really we wanted to know about the veterans. So we, we sort of asked him what he took away, and he kind of pointed the finger at the veterans. When he references number 14 in this clip, he's talking about Kyle Hamilton, uh, the safety, and when he talks about number 24, he's referring to Tommy Tremble, and here's Brian Kelly. I would argue tonight that our veterans have to play better, uh, that our young players emerged tonight and really showed that they can fill in in areas that are, for me, ones that we needed them to come through in. We saw 14 and his ability to be someone in the middle of our defense as somebody that can defend the pass. We saw 24 tonight. We saw Lawrence Keyes' ability. Um, We actually need our veterans to step up another level of their play, uh, which I'm certain they will. Uh, The good news for me tonight as the head coach is that I think the younger players to me showed themselves and that now with all of them together um, moving forward, uh, this can be a pretty good football team. Young guys are, have that tendency that they want to show themselves. This was a big stage for them tonight to kind of show that um, this is my opportunity. So I think if we're all working in the same direction and everybody's playing at a higher level, this is going to be a good team. 
And you know, Todd, it's almost one of those games that coaches dream about. You get your yeah, first, yeah. you get your first win uh, on the road. Uh, you win by a, a substantial margin, but there's a lot of coachable moments here. A lot of things that he can go in the locker room and says, "Hey, we need to work on this." Veterans, you need to step up. Ian Book, get your head out. Like, there's a lot of things that you you know you can't feel good about. So you got things to work on, and especially with the bye week. Yeah, that's a great point, Rags. You know, you go down there and you win 49 to nothing, and now all of a sudden you're anointed as the best team exactly. on the planet. Exactly. Yeah, you're exactly right. You can bring the guys down a little bit, say, hey, we did all that hard work during camp and, and training and, and all, all the way back to spring and summer. But look, we, we can't rest on our laurels. We have to keep moving forward, and you're exactly right. And you went down a checklist there of, of things that Brian Kelly can certainly harp on. You know, hey, for what it's worth, Notre Dame went from number nine to number eight in the polls. <laughs> <laughs> they are the only team to move up. Every you know, everybody in the top ten, pretty much, they were the only team to move up. That is true. So they did something right, <laughs> right. So, uh, well, it's interesting where it goes from here. Now they won't move this week unless they go backwards because they don't play. So, uh, uh, weird early season bye week, but uh, a couple teams have them, uh, and uh, we'll come back in New Mexico, Todd, and do this all over again in a couple of weeks. But um, let's see what happens with this Ian Book again. Uh, since we've been talking about Notre mm-hmm. Dame football with Brian right. Kelly, this subject comes up over and over and over again. It's like deja vu, and we don't want to see this happen again. Let's. I'm not, and I'm usually the one already talking. Hey, right. what's he doing with these quarterbacks? I'm not ready to go there yet because I did see. You know, you think like you said. You look at it from Google Maps. It it was a road win. Uh, and, and hostile territory, lost a slot receiver. There's a lot of reasons why he might have had the jitters. So I give Ian Book the benefit of the doubt. But next, in two weeks, if this happens again, we, I might be right back on that cliff. Yeah, and you're right, and we'll have to wait and see. I, I, you want to say that you felt like it was that, that second-year jinx was not going to happen to Ian Book. He just seemed immune to it because you know he was so steady and his completion percentage was so high last year. He didn't seem like the type of quarterback that this could happen to, and it probably won't, as you said, Rags, but it makes you wonder a little bit. Well, I mean, certainly when you look at the the season Deshaun Kaiser had in 15 as a sophomore, you just thought in 16 this guy was going to explode. There was even quite a bit of preseason Heisman talk about Deshaun Kaiser, and they went 4-8 and eight that year, so anything can happen. That's what makes this sport so much fun. Well, And you know what? Uh, what worries me, is that he got punched in the face that uh, mm-hmm. playoff game? You, you just want to see him recover from that. Not, I'd hate to think that that's in his head. That, that's all I'm saying. So this is his first game since that day. So you know that was that was another thing running through my mind. Sure, yeah, and you know what, Rags? In all honesty, and it kind of crossed my mind. I wanted to mention when we were talking about it, and kind of slipped my mind, but. I didn't feel like he looked all that great during the open practices we had in camp. Right. Um, I saw him throw a lot of interceptions, and I thought, well, that's just part of that maturation process we with him trying about, to, yep. yeah, trying to throw the ball downfield, trying to thread the needle a little bit more. Uh, but there was just something there that I just felt was missing, and perhaps that carried over into gameplay. I, what surprises me the most is the lack of poise, because if there's one characteristic that you never thought Ian Book would fail in. It would be that. He was always just so relaxed and calm. You know, perhaps he didn't take enough chances downfield, but he'd, ch- he'd check down and, and, and find that open guy. And, and, you know, it may have been a little bit too conservative for some folks' uh, preferences, but at the same time, it got the job done. And to see him bail out so quickly and everything, it, it really was a little bit troubling and very surprising. And that, 
to my point, last time we saw him, that poise was gone in the Clemson game. So that's why it's like, here's two yeah. games in a row where he wasn't Ian Book that we were hoping he'd be. So we'll see what happens again. We'll talk more about it next week as we look ahead to New Mexico and the and the home opener. Todd, uh, we got to wrap things up here. Great job, as always. We'll do this all over again next week. All right. Thanks, Rags. It was fun, man. This has been a presentation of Opt-In Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.